You're listening to the Per Service Podcast, episode number two. Hello and welcome to the Per Service Podcast. This is the place for honest and real-world conversations with musicians in the performing arts. This is a community for musicians who are working hard to grow musically, hone their craft, pay the bills, create fulfilling musical opportunities, and enjoy the creative lifestyle. And we're glad that you're here with us. The term per service is typically how we judge how good a gig is because we'd say something like uh, maybe a gig pays $98 per service where each rehearsal or concert is a service. But money doesn't have to be the only way to measure how good a gig is. It could be worthwhile because of an awesome venue or because of your colleagues or for many other reasons that don't get counted for in just the rate per service. But also because nobody really has it all figured out. We're doing this gig today, but things change and maybe we'll be doing something different next week or next year. Today's topic, passion. What is it? Do I have to have this passion to be a musician? What if I hate the gig I have to play tonight? What if I don't really want to practice at all? I'd rather just watch Netflix all day. What is the meaning of life? Well, we'll get to some of those questions in this episode. You'll have to check back for future episodes to see if we ever get to all of them. But your hosts are four musicians. Anna Luce, she's the proud owner of the Cutest Yorkshire Terrier on Instagram. Christian Marshall has some serious gymnastic talents that emerge around flagpoles or street lamps. Jess Wiersma, she could write a book on how to train for a half marathon without even trying. Michael Giblin, that's me, recently showed up to a gig without his violin. Well, I'll be back at the end of this episode to cover anything you missed. And you can follow along at perservice.co forward slash two. So let's get to it. Are we going to do this chit chat about like, how's the weather? Like, how was your last gig? Oh, yeah. Like, we, kind yeah. Of, yeah. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, please. I have some uh, flute drama I could tell you. Oh, yeah? That I think we could maybe even put in the show because no, no names will be mentioned. But I uh, was not playing such fantastic symphonies this weekend. However, I was privileged to um, play an hour and a half concert of the magical music of Disney. Oh. Praise the Lord. And um, High art. Yes. Yes. So... <laughs> We were uh, in the rehearsal. It was like one of those things. It's one rehearsal uh-huh. concert. Yep. The sla- and it was like kind of a dash. lot of music for just a like two and a half hour rehearsal. Like we barely got through it. And, you know, it's a tech heavy show. It's a pop show. There's video, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So and there's a drum set and the drums were sit- the drum set was positioned in front of the winds. Okay. So, you know, he, they have that protective mm-hmm. shell or whatever. The cage. The cage, yeah. So we're like, I don't know, probably 30, 40 minutes into rehearsal. And we're going through some piece and I, like some suite from like Mary Poppins or something. I don't remember. And, you know, we get to this part and there's all of a sudden no melody. Like no one's playing the melody. And the <laughs> conductor is like, but I like start singing the melody and is pointing to, it's supposed to be a flute melody. So he's like. Yeah. says this person's name is like and we're still playing because we have to get through this music he's like singing it he's like hey this is you and she just sits there and looks at him and doesn't even put her flute up no. and I'm like what yeah. the yeah. You know. well. so then we have to stop oh, and she goes <laughs> she's just like well I can't see you <laughs> through the like clear the like clear like sound shield 
Well, and it could have been that like the guy playing the trap set was trying to like talk to somebody in the back, like the percussionist. Uh-huh. So he had stood stood up at that point. So I mean, it is possible, but. She just sits there and is like, I can't see you. Mm -hmm. Also, I'm sorry. It was a very well-known tune. (laughs) Like, you should have known. Yeah. Like, this is you. Like, when there was no melody. Oh, this is me. Clearly. So then the conductor had to help. He was like, well, I'm going to need. Well, I have to see you. Also, please keep in mind we're 40 minutes into rehearsal. So she's, like, not been able to see him the whole time. Mm -hmm. And he had to tell her to move so she could see yeah. So a grown woman had to be told by the conductor to move herself so that she could see him. I, and she literally moved then one inch. <laughs> like, oh, no, <laughs> much better. And much it was better. just, well, and this was after she gave like um, lip because she wanted her, um, the uh, microphone to be positioned so that it was right by the oh principal flute player, which did nothing. Cause oh. I still could not hear her ever. Yeah. But, um, so bad, bad weekend for flutes. Just that's a, a, a rough week. For and it was a, a Disney player. concert. Oh. I mean, it's not like we're playing. Like, I would have you know. loved to be a flute player this week for the gig I was at. They we did essentially the flute, or at least maybe second flute. The first first flute had a you know played on basically everything, but the second flute only played on one piece. We we're playing four pieces, and it's like you just show up <laughs> you know, and like I mean, hopefully she you didn't paid the same yeah. amount of money. Yeah, I was like, oh man. Yeah. I picked the wrong instrument. I got them. Man, we always did. We, ah. we picked the wrong instrument since day one. <laughs> we play on everything. Most notes. Any drama at your gig, Michael? It was pretty. I don't know it was pretty smooth. It was. Um, uh, I'm I'm playing with this British conductor, and I'm getting an education in British repertoire. So <laughs> last week we played, it was a very nice piece uh, by Elgar for uh, strings, actually for solo strings. And then this week, again, we played uh, a Benjamin Britten piece, this uh, matinee musicals. And uh, I mean, the, the first movement is kind of circusy. It's just kind of sounds like it came straight out of the circus. And when, you know, when, when you drive over an hour <laughs> to rehearsal and rehearsal starts at 10 a.m., like circus music is not really how I want to start my day, but so. No. Wait, so child? did you play more at Elgar this week? Or no, was that, that was just last week. Yeah, Got so it. it's like I've never played, basically <clears throat> never played two weekends in, in a row playing British music. I don't know, so but nothing wrong with it. Not not. It, I just it's just not repertoire. I feel like is normally programmed that often. So I don't. Hmm. I, don't they I think my gig was more along the lines of Jess's in that I played musical theater music. Ooh. Oh, well, with a group that will rename, rename, <laughs> nope, remain nameless. Yes. That's too many names and mains in there. Um, remain nameless. Yeah. Um, because we'd play for free, which doesn't Do seem think? like a logical hmm. choice for your life. Yeah. We've all um, been there, though. I think that I need to write them about, actually, to understand why this is how. Wait, did it you worked. did you know? Did you, I would, know? you didn't know going in that. Oh no, I knew. Oh, I knew okay. this is a this is a group in town that, ideally, it's a great place for networking. But they've existed for about a decade, mm-hmm. and they still don't pay their musicians. And I would like to understand why that is. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so we played some musical theater stuff. But here's the thing: if you're not paying your musicians. And then you tell them that the soundtrack, you know, the, the dress rehearsal or whatever before the concert is at 
uh, six or five thirty to seven concert at eight. You assume you have a dinner break from seven to eight, right? Yeah. And yeah. we didn't get out until seven forty. Oh no! And needless to say, I was yeah. very angry because, like, I'm not getting paid, <laughs> you're, you're, and you're getting hangry there's no, then. Yeah. And there's no, no standard. One walked out. Well, huh. and here's the thing: like, at the last minute, they're like, "Oh, we clearly don't have all this together. Does anyone mind if we go till seven fifteen? And what are you gonna say? Uh, no, no, I, yeah. I, I mind. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. Oh my! So, union break. <laughs> oh wait, no, it's not I mean, this game. Lots of. Exactly. And so I was like, well, this is my own fault for allowing myself to be in this situation. Um, other than that, it was kind of a delight because a lot of famous musical theater Broadway people were there. So that was nice. Hmm. But they do like, that for free? This is just all shocking oh, that I'm, in New York I'm City. I'm sure they got paid. Yeah. Wow. That this thing has existed for 10 it was years. Kind of, yeah. It was kind of difficult because the whole time, the whole point of this was to have full orchestration for a music, musical theater stuff, which is great. Mm-hmm. And I am completely in support of. Mm-hmm. They're like, Thank you so much to all of our musicians. Yeah. And I was like, you guys should have mentioned that we donated our time for this. And nobody mentioned it, which I thought was a little offensive. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. Anyway, I'm not going to do that again. No, that sounds like a good uh, transition to our topic for today, because it sounds like we're talking about <laughs> passion in music. And I don't know, it sounds like from all our gigs that there's there's definitely some times where it's enjoyable and we like doing it. But then there's a lot of gigs that you just got to do and you got to go to work whether you feel like it or not. And so kind of this question we uh, were tossing around is like, do you have to have this passion to be a musician? If you don't have it or you don't feel like, you know, practicing or going to work, should you think about something else or is it okay? Is that normal to, I don't know, not always feel whatever this idea of passion is for for your art? Well, I would say that if you want to become a musician and do it, you have to have some passion because otherwise, why would you do this? It's really <laughs> difficult. So I feel like you have to have some built in. Um, yeah. However, to say that you then must enjoy every day of work or every rehearsal or every concert you play, I think is unnecessary because there are a lot of people who do a lot of different things in this world. And how many you know, there are a lot of times they don't want to go to that meeting or they don't want to. So I feel like it's the same for us. Like we don't have to love every minute of it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, historically musicians are paid a lot less than most most nine to five jobs. So like you have to love it to carry you through to hopefully an enduring job that will be worth all of the hard work spent. Well, as, as your situation just showed that more recently than just historically, they're not paid what they're worth. I was going to say currently, currently, historically, futuristically. Exactly. Christian, what are you hearing over there? Yeah, well, I'm not sure if it's passion. Like, I, I don't think it's my passion mm-hmm. that causes me to practice or reach a certain goal. I think it's my, my love for the music mm-hmm. and then my, my will for something kind of gives me the perseverance I need or the stubbornness. Uh-huh. I wouldn't say it's a passion. I think what's interesting about like my relationship to music, I think my passion actually gives me the courage to say no or or not do things. Like if I'm asked to do a concert or I know I'm not going to have a good time or if I realize like I'm I'm playing in a chamber group and it's not gelling mm-hmm. really yeah. i think it's my passion like my, my love really for the truest essence of the music and the best that it could be i think that's what gives me the courage to be like 
I'm not going to do this. I'm going to back out or like, I don't want to do this anymore. I think it's my perseverance that keeps me going and maybe a little bit of stubbornness hmm. or just desire to play some great concerts. Yeah. But it's my passion that I think gives me the yeah courage to make those decisions or the kind of discernment to be like, okay, this is something I'm going to work for and this is something I'm not going to work for. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that it's just as much about things that you decide not to do as it is about the things that you decide. Yeah, I think I think that's where I feel my passion the most when I when I make decisions mm-hmm. and say no. I agree with you 100%, yeah. Yeah. I think my beef with the whole like word is I have just this very like knee jerk like twitch reaction to the word because there's a lot of the way it's portrayed in like movies and in TV shows that it's this like you have to be in this like constant state of flow that like you know you don't want to eat you don't want to sleep you just want to work on I you know I just need the music all the all the time and that you have to have that sort of like you know single-mindedness all the time you you're a musician music must be your passion does that make sense basically that i think that idea is kind of a bunch of crap it's not sustainable i I totally agree and i think it's not just in movies that you see that like i actually think that's Mm -hmm. in life like people who are not musicians oftentimes project that on musicians Mm -hmm. or like i don't know i can't tell you how many conversations that people are like well at least you're doing what you love yeah it must you just get to play music all day and skip around yeah and it's like they don't i think people truly don't understand um like how much work goes into it yeah like how much work we put into it for years before we were even even able to like show up to that all Disney music concert and like be able to play it. No, but honestly, like to show up and be able to sight read it and play it, that takes years of practice and work, man. Some of that practice time was not a passionate. Absolutely. Like it was like Christian was saying, like it's stubbornness and it's um, desire driven sometimes more so than like, I'm going to practice this bow stroke for 12 hours because I just love. Yeah. I just love spiccato. Um, like, I mean, that's not how it is. So I think that sometimes in conversations with people who don't know tons about like what actually goes into it, uh-huh. it's always just like, oh, but at least you're doing what you love, even though you're starving and living on the street, mm-hmm. but you're doing what you love. Like, you would never say yeah. that to somebody in the business world. You know what I mean? So I think it's just like sometimes a misunderstanding yeah. of what actually goes into it. Yeah. When I started really thinking about this, I think it became more to me about passion is like deciding to do the work, even when it's hard and deciding to go to work and deciding to open the case and start practicing, even when you don't feel like it. Maybe what you touched on was, yeah, it's hard work and it's maybe misunderstood, but it's like it's work that you're going to do or you want to do anyways. That's kind of why I started thinking about. Well, and even about like those days you don't want to go to work or those concerts like um, the musical theater concert or the Disney thing or whatever. Like how many pops concerts have you done that are just like badly orchestrated or like whatever. But if you can turn those into like, okay, this is it is what it is. And you're just going to like have as much fun with it as you can or like try to not let let it bother you. Mm hmm. Um, knowing that that's not the music that you find fulfilling to play or whatever, it can still be fun, even if it's not necessarily fulfilling. Yeah. I think that's what's interesting too, that like, you know, passion, it goes several ways. Like Christian was saying, passion allows you to say no to a gig that isn't fulfilling, which is really freeing once you're a professional. And I think on the other hand as well, passion allows you to take the gig that's more fulfilling, that pays less money, and so in turn, you're yes. going to have to take a better paying gig that isn't as great, but in order to do the thing that you really love. So it works both ways. And, you know, 
it all kind of hopefully works out in the wash. You start talking about like when money starts getting involved. Do you think that changes things? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it'd be great if it didn't, but, but we we're not in- 19 <laughs> anymore. And I think that's where it gets tricky is the older you get, the more you're like, oh, crap, I got some bills to pay. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think that sort of is where things get interesting or, or kind of when the rubber meets the road. I think there were a lot of reasons why we started playing music. I think our last episode, we talked about all the reasons why people like being a musician or why you maybe start. But then there's this kind of transition period where you have to start making money. If, if you want to be taken seriously, that money sort of comes into the picture and that kind of changes things. And so can you still be passionate about it when you start seeing it as a means to an end? You mean like, can you still be passionate about it when you are doing it as a living full-time or when you're trying to do it full-time for a living or? Yeah. Cause I think that's where a lot of people start to get burnt out is because it's just, it just becomes this means to an end. Well, yeah, I know. I, I do think you can be passionate and still enjoy it. Um, when you're doing it as a living, I think a lot of times people get burned out is because it's still not easy. You're, there's a lot of travel involved usually. I mean, you know, it's not unusual to drive what, like 200 miles a day for a gig. I mean, honestly, that's like not unusual. Yeah. Um, and it's not always a gig that is going to pay well so i think it is tiring and you do have long days something i then i think you mentioned the difference is even when you have not so great gigs you were playing the disney music or you're playing you know for free the changer is just your attitude towards the gig is that maybe you can't really change your situation but your attitude towards well i mean i guess that's where it comes down to is you can change your situation if you want to. And that is that you can make the choice to not do it. Yeah. So you can't, you can change it, but if you don't, then I do think it is helpful to change the attitude. Yeah. I, I mean, that seems easier to me than, uh, I mean, I was recently looking up some other careers mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like the things that I found interesting would require me. Sadly, my interests are apparently the ones that require you to go to school for like seven years. Right. Doesn't... And so I was like, oh, man, do... that's a lot of work and a lot sales. more money. <laughs> yeah. And like, do I really want to be starting my second career, which would kind of still be my first career at the age of 40 if I go back to yeah. school? You know, so so I do think like the attitude change can be more helpful and actually maybe more immediately life changing mm-hmm. because it's cool to like leave a gig and not hate your life. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is sort of the what I'm trying to get at is like, why are there people that are playing music or playing gigs? These these people that you run into and you sit with at rehearsals and music if music is supposed to be this thing that we all got into because we enjoyed it and we loved it why is it that there are so many like people that are burnt out or that are unhappy or miserable at the gigs like do they they don't they don't seem to still have this like passion for music right i'm going to pause the recording right here for a second for a quick word from our sponsors the per service podcast is made possible by orchestraexcerpts.com If you're preparing for an audition, orchestraexcerpts.com makes it easy for any instrumentalist to listen to multiple recordings of excerpts and follow along with the sheet music on the screen in one convenient place. You can learn more at orchestraexcerpts.com. And we'd also like to thank the Masterworks Festival. The Masterworks Festival is a four-week performing arts camp 
with a spiritual emphasis for orchestra, chamber music, and intensive study. This festival is actually where the four of us met many years ago and became good friends. The 2016 Summer Festival is taking place this year at Cedarville College in Ohio. You can learn more at masterworksfestival.org. All right, let's get back to it. That's that's a loaded. Uh... You're getting too real, Michael. You're yeah. getting too real. You're making I, me think about things, my life a little bit too much right now. It's actually, if you listen to your wording, it's interesting. You see these people who got into music. Well, then, honestly, how many people know how to get out of music? Uh-huh. That's a very good point. How how many people have other skills that they've already sharpened? Ooh. You know, at the age of thirty five. And they say, okay, I'm going to not do music and I'm going to go do something else. Mm-hmm. You're not that attractive for a company at the age of 35 if you have yeah. only a degree in music and they want you to do something completely different. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that kind of goes to the show exactly to what I was just talking about is like the other careers I was looking at still require a lot of schooling that I mean, I'm not a stupid person. I'm also not the most intelligent person. But like I could get on the job training and learn pretty quickly if they were willing to do it. But as Christian was saying, why hire somebody in their 30s who you have to train when you can hire somebody who's 22 for half the price who already knows what they're doing? So Mm -hmm. I do think that like, you know, if you get to 40 or even mid 30s and you're like, all right, I don't really want to do this. Mm -hmm. You got to find somebody who understands what kind of work you put into it to give you a job in another area and know that you Mm -hmm. can like do it. It's like maybe there are people that still still want to be musicians and still show up to the gigs, but like they they're still deciding to stay to stay with it. And maybe that is them being passionate about music is that they're still doing it, but maybe they're just not happy or maybe it's too cold or they can't see the conductor or something. There are things that are making them unhappy. So maybe I'm lumping too many topics together. Well, it's just a multifaceted topic. Like there's so many things that go into why we're doing what we're doing at the age we're doing it at. And like when you look at these gigs in New York anyway, when I go to the majority of the gigs I'm going to, if it's an orchestra where someone like from Orpheus is a concert master or whatever, you'll see a couple of older people. Most of the freelancers though that I have come across are only young people. So really? what happened to the older ones? Where when are they you say at? young, what does that mean? Like what's your... Like under 30. Wow. Really? Yes. And that's like the majority of the people that I run into here. So that either means the older people are burnt out and have dropped out of the race mm-hmm. or they've hopefully gone on to have better, more well-paying. Yeah. So... But I guess like for you personally, so like you got offered to play this gig and not get paid for it. There was some sort of, I guess, mixed emotions that you still wanted to play. You still wanted to do it. But obviously that's not a great situation that you're not getting paid for it. Right. There was only one reason why I did it. Um, The venue is one that I would like to put on my resume. So that was the driving factor for me. And I think any time that you're in a position to play for free, it should have at least one perk that you're will get you through the week. Otherwise, why bother? You know, yeah. I don't think that the hope of networking anymore is a valid enough reason to play for free at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, I saw the email, I saw the venue and I was like, OK, this can benefit me and I can benefit their organization. Mm-hmm. Granted, I have maybe a little bit of bitterness about it. Yeah. But you know what I mean? I mean, like, let's look at it honestly. I think that's 
that's okay the way to see passion that it's like it's maybe not this like flash in the pan like you know eyes closed just playing in the dark like because all i need to sustain my life is music kind of it's maybe this bigger picture right, like right. over the course of a lifetime it's something that you still you know pursue yeah. even through the ups and downs yeah there's got to be that trade-off i mean each and every one of us take a gig for a specific reason either it's going to be musically fulfilling or it's going to pay our bills mm-hmm. or it maybe will help our resume those are the three yeah. glaring reasons. Or hopefully someday down the road, all three of those things. Wow. Gig. That's the goal, Gig. everyone. <laughs> Talking crazy talk over I know, there. Sorry, I'm getting a little somebody put something strong oh. in my coffee this morning. And hey, oh, you know wow. what? I think each of us have had those experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when I played with Smithsonian Chamber Orchestra, that was like, okay, I feel like I'm making it right now. Yeah. And I think it's important to have those like top of the mountain experiences where you're like, ah, everything's in place. Like it all can work. You you can have good people, good music, good pay. Like, Mm -hmm. and so. Christian, what's the, the freelance scene where you are, um, in terms of like, I'm, I'm just surprised that Anna says that everybody she's running into is under like 30 and under. Um, ours is definitely like late thirties and up. Okay. And these are the freelancers. I'm one of the youngest. Okay, interesting. You're, you're a little whippersnapper coming up here. Oh, you're one totally. of those crazy kids listening to that crazy music. Yeah. <laughs> no, really. It's um I'm really cool. I should for everybody listening, you're in uh Austria. I'm in Austria. In Austria. Yes. But you gig a lot in um in and around. In Austria in, in, in and around, okay. In and around. All over. You are gun for <laughs> hire. No, Viola think- will travel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I think um no, there are people who who really enjoy staying freelancers. And I mean here it's definitely I think it's easier to be a freelancer here. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of, I know a lot of freelancers who maybe teach ten hours a week, you know, at a music school or have some private students and the rest of the time it's gigging. It sounds like I mean, you can still have a passion for a career in music that involves like teaching and doing other things that maybe it, it doesn't always look like playing your instrument alone in a closet forever because you know that's all you need to do in life and yeah so i think that's i think as we started talking to it it kind of in my head it it became more of a this bigger thing but it's hard to shake that initial like when people say the word oh you just are so passionate about music that it's this like you know right like artists like flinging paint at a <laughs> You know, canvas <laughs> like that you're that you're you're in like the you're inspired and that you have this like the muse has arrived and now it's time to work yeah i um, think that it's been romanticized a lot mm-hmm. and not just like in hollywood just you know definitely in the public opinion in, in, yeah. yeah in the public opinion and so i do think as a young I man i'm thinking like even when i was in in undergrad you know now you're now you're in like kind of like an isolated bubble right like everybody you're at school with is doing mm-hmm. the same, you know, you're all in the same kind of situation. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yep. I even think there can get romanticized. Like, you, you know, that you're not expected to have a job when you're, or like win a full-time job when you're in undergrad or anything, yeah. you know, you can sit around the conservatory late at night talking about like the great composers and like, yeah. you know, you like your practice techniques. I mean, I actually am thinking about like conversations that I used to have and like, Oh my gosh, like hilarious. Like, what a nerd also 
crazy yeah. like ridiculous yeah. but, but yeah. you know and like when's the last time i like guys we actually used to have dinner parties a lot on friday nights this is actually mm-hmm. really fun and we would <laughs> make like dinner and eat dinner and maybe drink some beverages and then we would watch like violin dvds of like Oh, are the violin playing? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Or like, like hyphens or like, like and then we would like the way they play. Oh my gosh. And we would like freak out. Cause we're like, did you see what he just did playing those thirds all on that up post? Um. We got to go to bed to practice tomorrow. And then it would like, but like, we would just like basically like pee in uh. our pants. Cause it was so exciting to like watch this. And like, that's what we did on Friday nights. Like, <laughs> Way Wait, but that's, that's oh. required though like in the early stages and like i was teaching at a festival at george washington university this last summer with my husband and his quartet and we started doing this thing at the lunch hour where each of the faculty members would pick an inspiring video so like we would watch crazy things uh-huh. horowitz and whatever and like i was reminded how what what it was like to be an angsty teenager yeah you know learning about high fits and being obsessed with oystrock for the first time yeah. Of course, I would like to note that my inspirational YouTube video was Raisin Brahms. Raisin, Raisin Brahms. What is that? I tied right, that, that in. Guys, you not see that commercial? Everyone who is listening, YouTube. I'll put Raisin it. Brahms. I'll put it in the show notes. You can. You can. Nice. <laughs> Wait, are you t- like raisin or like raisin? Like, like, like Calif- Raisin Brahms. California Raisin Brahms. All right. Are you guys I, telling me the three of you have never? I don't seen think I've ever seen. I have no idea what you're talking oh. about right now. Everyone, stop what you're doing. Press pause. All right. Okay, you can find the link to Raisin Brahms in the show notes. I'll have more information for that soon. I'm very curious though now. My favorite my video that we used to yeah is the Nadia Salerno Sonnenberg like biography or documentary. I don't know what would you call it because it just starts out of nowhere she's just talking and she's just talking crazy talking you have no idea what she's talking about she's like on this mountainside like assembling art together with like rocks and cans and cigarette butts and she's like i think it it speaks to like the humanity of uh life and you're just like what what is what is she talking about i don't know so we used used, used to quote that all like in undergrad i was such a nerd there's also an excellent documentary of the trout with what Oh, the trout. Everybody watch it. I was obsessed with the PBS documentary on oh. the Lark String Quartet. Yes. Oh, from, yeah. Oh. That one was amazing. And I had recorded it on VHS and I would watch that all the time. <laughs> and I came home one summer. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think this was after my first year of college. And I popped in the VHS tape. Mm-hmm. And what came on? Uh-oh. A special on Joanne Fabrics. The PBS documentary on the Lark Quartet. I wanted to die. <laughs> I literally I Joanne Fabrics and, and broke the VHS tape. She taped over it with a Joanne Fabrics special. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, all right. I we don't should, even think she apologized. We should wrap this up. Rude. This is this is getting anyway, wildly out of hand. Wildly out of hand. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is what the people want to hear. Oh yeah, things that are fun. Absolutely, it is fun. The days when you are can have these nerdy conversations and these like the fun, just dorkiness, being in school is great. And I think that there is kind of all of that still you know, somewhere deep down that maybe gets a little run over by 
the unpleasantries of life and having to show up and be responsible and like be an adult like that kind of kills a lot of the fun some of the time but somewhere down there we stop if we stop trying to look at sort of these external motivators like the getting you know how much money per service or how much does this gig pay or how much you know who what what gig will this lead to or if i win this audition i'll get a more prestigious position in the orchestra i think a lot of times that we lose sight of that original you know intrinsic motivation we had as a kid and when we were in school and could be dorky and i don't know just enjoy playing music without having to worry about how we're going to pay the bills that's a little bit of my my takeaway anybody else have any Closing thoughts on close on that. Okay, so uh, a gig that I played recently was Symphony Fantastique, mm-hmm. and well, I mean the viola part's actually not challenging at all, mm-hmm. and maybe that has something to do with it. But it was with an orchestra where I occasionally find myself complaining, and a violist got sick last minute, and so I was able to call a friend who lives on the other side of the country he was able to come for the weekend actually and play with us. And so I just decided, okay, hey, I'm going to sit at the, uh, on the last stand with him. And it was so fun to sit next to somebody who, I mean, <laughs> to put it kind of childishly, I was like, you know, we nailed it. Like there were just awesome <laughs> passages where we just like, you know, full, yeah. like, you know, went full gas and just like played our hearts out and, it was really good. And then wow. we look at each other and smile. And then I would occasionally glance in the audience, you know, and, and see some people also smiling. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, it was good for me to just, rather than taking time to complain, mm-hmm. I took time to really give my best. And then the music in return gave me a lot back. And I think that was, that's kind of what I realized. You know, if I can just calm myself down and just kind of hush the kind of negative pessimistic thoughts and not complain mm-hmm. and really just like let myself play my best. Yeah. Then it's worth it. Then I've won this little personal success for the day. That's good. That's my closing thought. Closing thoughts. All right. I think that's, that's good for today. I'm Michael O'Giblin. I'm Jessica Weersma. Manaloo. I didn't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, come on, guys. I'm after Jess. Okay. Okay. Michael, All right. me, Christian, Anna. All right. I think that's that's a good place to end it. Uh, I'm Michael O'Giblin. I'm Jessica Wearsma. I'm Christian Marshall. Not Anna Lutz. Well, that's our show, folks. If you'd like to see all the points from our conversation today, including links to Raisin Brahms, and the Lark String Quartet and the Naughty Selena Sonnenberg documentary. You can find links to them in the show notes online at www.perservice.co forward slash two. Like the number, and there's no spaces. That's P-E-R-S-E-R-V-I-C-E dot C-O forward slash two. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review in iTunes. It won't take you very long, and it would just mean the world to us because it'll help other musicians find our podcast. And we want to hear from you. Do you have mixed feelings about this word passion also? What does it mean to you? You can tell us in the comments again at perservice.co forward slash two. Our next episode is also a really great one. It's all about the things we didn't learn in school and what we learned just from being out there in the real world. 
So thanks again for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Be well and practice well.